0: Hello all, welcome to the Consistently OK Podcast, a podcast where we dive into all things pop culture related, from comics to films and everything in between. My name's Luke. I'm Nick. Join us every week for a podcast that doesn't set its far too high or too low, but rather keeps it at a consistently okay level for your enjoyment. Just wipe that one clean. Okay. Hello everyone, today's podcast we're going to focus on Star Wars. We're going to break it into three different volumes over the next few weeks one we're going to talk about the original star wars trilogy we're going to follow that talking about the new trilogy the disney trilogy which will also include the mandalorian because who doesn't love the mandalorian at the moment and then we're going to wrap it up with a prequel trilogy there's no reason to the order other than we just want to cover all the star wars films and all our bases but we can't start anywhere other than the original star wars trilogy i'm luke and i'm joined by nick how are you nick
1: hello hello i'm all good mate yeah all good. good started this week, uh, which we are recording on the 4th. So the second season of my novella, Pneumatic, started releasing this week. So it's been a, it's been a busy week. but
0: you know, Excellent. Good. good stuff. I'm a bit under the weather again, just as I was with the Spider-Verse podcast. My voice is up and down, but I feel like it's a bit higher and more high-pitched on and off. Uh, <laughs> and very low sometimes. People have to bear with me as I struggle my way through this, uh, this podcast but I'm excited. Star Wars, Nick. Let's yeah. uh, let's dive in. Like I said at the beginning, we're going to cover all the Star Wars films. Knowing us, we will probably jump ahead of ourselves and touch on the other films. Yeah. But we'll try and keep all our focus on the original trilogy, which um, I'm going to spoil you now and say that I was not born in 1977, I think the first film came out. Yeah, 77. So I didn't see it at the cinema and neither did you. So no let's, let's clear that up straight away we weren't born no but unfortunately not when did you see the original trilogy what was your what was your first taste of star wars the original trilogy
1: there's two and i can't remember which is first definitely remember watching it as a kid on vhs that ancient format that was beloved by so many 90s kids so definitely remember watching it there And I've got a feeling I saw the nineteen ninety-seven special editions in the cinema. Because I'm pretty sure they've re-released those in the cinema. I don't know if I saw all three or just like one or two. But I have vague memories of seeing those in the cinema. So don't know which one came first. I assume it was the VHS, but could have could have well been the nineteen ninety seven in the cinema. Don't know.
0: How about you? you? Do you remember seeing them in order though? Or did you
1: Yes, just, I'm. I'm pretty sure my family is Star Wars crazy, um, oh. in in the best way, and we are pretty strict on the order of things. So it has to be, for instance, I've got I've got nephews, and I'm 99% sure when we introduced the nephews to Star Wars, we did four, five, six, one, two, three, because that's the the release order, the correct order. So yeah, I'm pretty sure when I watched them as a kid, it would have been four, five, six, and then um, and then I was just in time for Phantom Menace.
0: Nice. Yeah. got a lot to say about Phantom Menace. One of my favourite, one of my funniest uh, stories or a line in a film. Hear my old, eldest brother talk about is from the Phantom Menace. But we'll that's we'll get in yeah. podcast <laughs> to come. My my first memory. I actually had to text my mum, my dear mama, who uh, I hold very dear to my heart, who knows a lot about me. I said to her, do, of course she knows a lot about me. <laughs> my mum. But yeah, she she has a very good memory, and I said, do you do you remember when I first saw Star Wars? Because I, I couldn't remember. I I didn't see I didn't see any re-release at cinema. We're not we weren't a big Star Wars family. My family, we loved films and everything, but. No, it was never I don't think we ever really just sat down and said oh we're going to watch Star Wars I can't remember my dad being a big fan of it or my mum I think my mum mentioned it the first time she actually saw Star Wars properly was the newer trilogy the Disney trilogy she went with my nephews cool. my first memory though is VHS Good. and it was this three-pack VHS had C-3PO and R2-D2 on it I think there were two versions there was C-3PO R2-D2 and there was a Darth Vader and I went to my uncle's house and he had it. And I, I'm pretty sure he said to me, Have you seen Star Wars? And I said, Oh, no, I would try and do my high pitched voice when I was little, but I won't be able to pull it off at <laughs> the moment. I'm pretty sure we saw, pretty sure we saw, what's the second one called again? Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, of course. It's like New Hope. Return <laughs> of the Jedi. What's the other one? i <laughs> it up already, Nick. I'm <laughs> such a rookie. And it's what my uncle said. So, uh, <laughs> So yeah, um, I remember having that on in the background, but not really focusing on it that much. And Actually, probably at the time thinking, ah, this isn't really something that I'm that interested in. And he was trying to tell me about it. But that is the first memory I have of Star Wars. And then I actually didn't watch it for a long time. I was quite late to it. Only when the prequel trilogy came out. Well, I, I can't remember how old I was when the prequel trilogy came out. But I remember a lot of my friends at school were, we're going to go and see the new Star Wars. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I also want to come to the cinema. I don't want to be left out. So I remember then watching the first three um, all the way through and still not being that sold on it, to be honest, Mm -hmm. at that point. I know I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Um, Because obviously by then a lot more stuff had come out and there was loads of stuff going on. The Matrix was out and all that stuff was going on. And yeah, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't blown away by it, but, I appreciated it later after after the prequel trilogy <laughs> and i went back and probably at university i watched it two or three times all the way through with different people and people that probably appreciated it a lot more and had a lot more knowledge about it and then as i was studying film at the time i think i appreciate a lot more and the impact that i had and the cultural impact that i had so so yeah first thing is a vague memory of being at my my uncle and my aunties and watching it but it took a long time to get from that area to actually enjoying Star Wars yeah. as I do today. So, but yeah, so that's where I that's where I started. Gosh. So, did Star you
1: not Wars. have? Did you not have any figures? Micro, no, no, not Ooh, I didn't okay. have.
0: I, I longed for if, if Star Wars figures were off. If I went to Toys R Us when I was little, Woolworths or Woolworths. Or so many and wrestling Star figures Wars. bought there. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. At that point, I was wrestling figures were a big deal to me other action figures all that stuff and it just was so i don't think it's that i didn't like it i just think i didn't care enough about it to anything to do with it so so no i didn't have anything did you have a lot of figures
1: oh yeah like figure crazy because my two oldest brothers and i think my sister as well she will probably yell at me for this but i'm pretty sure she had some hand in the figures or at least played with them or something but growing up i just remember there were so many of the original figures around and it was the kind of thing where uh, my mum being the kind and generous and lovely soul that she love is, our mom, exactly love our Props and to love my dad being the kind of cinema fan and wanting to like please the family at Christmas and have a big Christmas, would always buy two of basically everything for my two oldest brothers. So that there was no kind of squabbling. So there was growing up, I definitely remember there being like two massive 8080s, a millennium Falcon, like loads of the figures, just so many. It was just all around. It was a really, really big thing growing up. So I think it, was very much I watched it at a time when it was sort of capturing my imagination, but then also I was able to kind of translate that into playing with the figures. Yeah. And just going crazy on that. So yeah, it was it was a big, big thing. And I I think that's that's one of the things about Star Wars. I was talking to my partner last night about this that I was saying that I can't think of another original film universe that has has done the same as star wars like something that's just gone straight to film it hasn't been a a book adaptation or comic book adaptation it's just been purely a film that's gone as crazy with merchandise with films comic books books everything like it is so big on scale
0: it's huge it's crazy isn't it
1: yeah, it's absolutely nuts. Like, It's really hard to think of anything that is in comparison to that. And I think a lot of it goes back to, or at least what I think I attribute a lot of it to, is that sense of kids getting figures to play with, who it was like they could watch the film and then recreate that with the figures and their imagination was just always transported to Star Wars. And so you've just got this generation of people that, their entire childhood is is Star Wars. I've got a friend actually who does amazing, really, really cool toy photography of Star Wars figures. Um, yeah. His Instagram, just to give him a shout out, is Mr. Stormtrooper Davis, and it's it's just so cool to see that continuing on that they've they're finding this life like even now so many years after those figures were coming out and they're still doing different figures now. I know they've got like the Black Series, which is really popular, but those action figures are just finding a way to just keep tapping into yeah. everything. And it, and it sort of breathes this life of, of creativity, I think.
0: Um, I think. I think that was with all the toys, even the modern toys. Like, I mean, the Lego sets for Star Wars are a, a crazy. Like we've had people build them for our work with the Millennium Falcon and everything, but yeah, they just kind of stood the whole cinematic run from the original to now it's just toys have been such a big part of it and i mean i wish i wish i enjoyed the toys when i was younger as well because i think i would have in my imagination would have gone nuts for them but it just didn't happen for me but but that's cool that all your family were were into it
1: yeah it it was definitely a a thing that was just always around me i think and the, the the sense of what star wars was doing for the film industry I think that came to me way, way later on. Like as a kid, it was just purely about that imagination and that kind of creativity of of having the figures and creating my own kind of scenarios and stuff. I I think it was definitely later on, as I watched more films and learned more about film, that you kind of realised the impact that it had on the
0: industry. Um, It's so big. Pop culture, isn't it? It was massive. Still is now, obviously.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know from a technology point of view just the things that they did i watched a new hope again the other night and you just kind of think like it still holds up there's nothing in a new hope where i'd look at it and go that doesn't look great like i think it still looks really really good minus some of the blu-ray changes that have happened later on which i just thought
0: it's definitely not those those sort of things as as some super fans that i know the blu-ray changes stuff really drive them nuts
1: There's just some things that just don't make sense that you're kind of like, why did you change them? But but in terms of just what the, the core of the film is, I think it still works really well. And yeah, it's just those three films. I think it's hard to, to find a critique with them because they're just really well made. They're just easy watch, always enjoyable, like any time of the year
0: and, yeah. Did you enjoy them the first time you saw them when you were younger? If you remember, if you saw them at the cinema and VHS, were you instantly hooked? Do you think if you so what I've said is that because I kind of wasn't involved and my family weren't into it, I probably didn't feel so connected to it. And I probably looked at it and thought, no, this isn't for me necessarily, I'm not into it. But do you think you, you would have been into it no matter what if, you hadn't, if your family weren't already into it?
1: I don't know. I think I I mean it definitely helped having siblings who were, you know, yeah, in love with it and and had the figures and they grew up with them, you know, through the kind of eighties. I mean, they would have had Star Wars figures, and so for them it was part of their childhood. And when I came along, it just then became like a hand me down, a kind of passing of the torch kind of thing. So I think I feel like I would have because I feel like my parents are both massive film fans. And so yeah. I think the love for style was still have been there. Maybe it wouldn't have been as crazy strong and passionate as it is. But yeah, I definitely think there's something about the, the aspect of the figures there that just captured the imagination and really carried those, those films beyond kind of being just films.
0: Because yeah. so I wonder if my family... Been into it as well. Would I have enjoyed it more? Yeah, I think, but because they didn't, and I didn't have that much of a connection to it, I just thought I just saw them those other films, normal films, yeah. to me. Obviously, these big epic spectacle films, but at yeah. that point, it didn't do much it, for me. It was sort of like, although I can see now why, why it is such it's a such huge a, deal. A the original trilogy, I get it. So.
1: Yeah, because I think for me and just term, in terms of like a comparable it was like growing up, it was Star Wars and wrestling. And yeah. both of them sort of ran parallel in that, again, both my brothers were just massive wrestling fans and had figures and all this stuff. And, and, and I think that both of those just working hand in hand sort of enamored me with it. I guess the difference with Star Wars is that it's, it's not shifted as much as wrestling did you know yeah. wrestling's gone through like major changes, whereas Star wars is even though it's with Disney now you know it there's a sense of that ethos which is still very much at the core of of what it was when I was a kid yeah it's 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 definitely kind of ingrained in me I think and to the to the extent that there's a bit that we'll talk about when we when we go into the Disney stuff, but the music like John williams' score
0: yeah.
1: it it does. It just it gets me. Like it, there are certain things I can hear from that, and it will put me in like a certain tone or a place, and it will give me a certain feeling. And again, I, I think there are very few things that that do that.
0: The original trilogy score is better than the sequel trilogy score.
1: Yeah, the sequel trilogy score I can sort of pull a few things. Like Ray's got a really good theme. Yeah, and other than that, I can't think of much
0: no it's not much that comes to mind
1: but then it's the same with the prequels actually the prequels i can't besides Jewel of the fates and i think it's battle of the heroes which is in Revenge of the sith yeah other than that i can't really like think of other stuff whereas the original trilogy there's just so many threads attached to characters that just really really kind of get me
0: i think that's the thing i mean so, no sorry you carry on
1: sorry i was going to say as well do you, do you find watching it, like every time you've watched it, do you find that there are certain emotional beats in the original trilogy, like when you watch them combined with the music or the scene or whatever, yeah, that you, definitely. St- that you still get that same sense that you're like, oh my God.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, more the more I've watched it, the more I've got in. So like I said, with the prequel trilogy, that sort of set me on path to enjoying stuff. Well, I didn't love the prequel trilogy, but that got me more invested in it. Yeah. and I sort of, really enjoyed the original trilogy throughout university and you can see yeah the beats and the connections and music and everything and the last time I watched it was I think it was in between Rise of Skywalker well, the last Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. I think yeah. I watched all of them back to back. And that was my favourite time I've ever watched them. Because I I'd seen them so many times then I, I really enjoyed everything about it, probably because of what the last Jedi kind of the taste that left in my mouth. Oh yeah. So yeah, and no, I really appreciated those three and yeah, I think the score is fantastic in the original trilogy and so I, I kind of found myself comparing the first two of the, the new releases and the original trilogy more and more and the original trilogy was kind of ticking a few more boxes in a positive yeah. way but it's great, we should probably talk about each of the films I guess. Yeah, you, you have far more knowledge than I do on the subject so you'll probably do most of it but, but what are your thoughts on it? Do you want to is it the right time to say which is
1: your favorite out of the three of the first ones, or should we? Do that? Uh, like, yeah, we I mean, no, no I, th- right? I think that's a good. I think let's start with our favorites, and then we'll move into them as as we go. But for me, it's yeah. definitely Empire. Um, yeah, Empire is my favorite. Out of the three,
0: Empire is my favorite as
1: well. It's just you I watched really, that
0: good,
1: it. It's so good, and I was watching the documentary last night that's on Disney Plus, um, and I think it came out with the the DVDs in two thousand and four. But when they get to the Empire. Kind of segment. First of all, I completely forgot that the film is technically an independent film. Right. And that George Lucas financed it himself. Well, yeah, he did, didn't he? I actually
0: read that recently as well. I don't yeah. think I knew that until I read it recently.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think I'd read it around the time of Rise of Skywalker. And then when I was watching the documentary, they sort of talked about it again and how he did it. And it, you kind of just think that's amazing that that is an independent film yeah just empire i think it's because it it plays to both of those things i think is what makes a great star wars where it's it's appealing to kids but it's also appealing to adults that, that there are certain themes in it and certain kind of motifs and just a feeling that you can watch at any point i think in your life and it sort of says something different to you and i think that that is all credit to you know writer directors i i think just everything on that film, again, it just it feels like a labour of love and it feels like they've gone, okay, we, we've created something that's an absolute powerhouse in terms of technological progression, but let's now dive deep into all these characters and let's, let's give them more of a voice and I think that's what Empire does really well.
0: Empire does this so well. The way, the way the characters are written is, is fantastic <clears throat> and interestingly, what I read as well at the same point is that, the original trilogy i didn't know it wasn't actually going to be a trilogy i always thought it was always going to be a trilogy but it was once they finished empire or during empire i think they realized they were going to do three
1: okay
0: is that i was hoping that's what they would say in the documentary as well but that's what i read somewhere i don't know how true it is judging by your reaction in the
1: in the documentary i think they sort of say that he that george lucas did have an idea that it would go to a more films because essentially what he does with this is how he ends up self-financing empire is that with the new hope he signed a contract that effectively said that he could have full rights of the the sequel films okay and so fox were like sure because we don't really have a lot of faith in this first film yeah yeah, Um, as well as he asked for the rights to the merchandise which again at the time Fox were like who wants rights to merchandise sure have and then he just made so much yeah so I think whether or not it was like completely detailed you know four five six I don't know but I I got the impression from the documentary that he he always had it in mind to do the sequels but whether or not the plan changed I don't know
0: because I just read it It was all about the story that I read was about Harrison Ford and that he didn't want to sign on for the third one. Yeah. Unless unless he was promised something about death or something. I can't remember now. Yeah. Like, he, that's that's why I read it. was in the context that, oh, it was never going to be a third one, but okay, we're going to make a third one and Harrison Ford didn't want to do it. But then he was promised X, Y, and Z if he did take part in it. So yeah, they wanted two different endings. They wanted it to end on a happy note, but it was all, originally it was going to end on a more depressing note or, or something I can't remember, but yeah, anyway, I, know, yeah, I know interesting. Just, I thought that everything they did in Empire which was just so much like building with all these characters and finding their voices and everything. And then what, what I thought was good, but I'm I'm probably wrong now, is that it was never going to. It might not have gone further than that. So luckily, it did.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I always got the impression of Empire that they they did set out for a third, just because of the way Empire finishes. I mean. it Massive yeah. cliffhanger.
0: It's, it's, it, must have, it must have been during it, but I don't know. Who yeah,
1: knows? but I know for Harrison Ford, he, I think the reason he, he didn't want to go back to third is that he always felt like Han should like, sacrifice himself.
0: Yes, um, that was it.
1: That's what I think, it was said. I think he sort of says in the documentary that it's the right progression for the character and that he's not got a, like, a mum and a dad. He's not got a wife. He's not really got anything past these people. And so he should just sacrifice himself in that kind of moment. But I'm glad he did because again, he's great in Return of the Jedi. Awesome. But but yeah, I, I think Empire was definitely my favorite just and it still is, just because it it holds all of those emotional values. Definitely in recent years I've I've got a fondness for a new hope more than I did. I think when I was younger yeah. A New Hope was like the first half an hour is a little slow. Where it's 3PO and R2 going through Tatooine and it's just like On trudging. Time. Yeah. Once it kind of gets past that, I think it really picks up and it it builds. But that opening is, is slow. But yeah, in recent years that's that's become the kind of stuff where I, I I've got that attachment to it of I don't know if it's knowing that it's this saga. So there's like the scene where Luke does the the two sunsets, the binary sunsets, and the music sort of kicks in there's something about that scene watching it where you just kind of, I always get this sense that it's the start of this big epic. Like this is the moment that is going to foreshadow what is coming. And it's hard for me to watch that scene without kind of going like, oh my God, this is this is going to be something. Every time I watched it again two nights ago and when I got to that scene, I had the same feeling. So yeah, I think I've got a grown a fondness to A New Hope, but uh, always Empire Strikes Back is my favourite.
0: Yeah, I'm not a huge I'm not a huge fan of New Hope. It doesn't again, probably because it is quite long did at the beginning. Yeah. But again, it does kick in at the end and I I think it's probably got better most times I've watched it.
1: Yeah.
0: Empire is definitely yeah. Out of the three, that's my favorite one. Yeah. I like Return yeah. as well. I think Return's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a lot wrong with Return. It just I think it struggles it doesn't struggle with it, but for me, it struggles with the fact that it's a final film. I, always, I think I always struggle with final films or trilogies because they have to do so much, in the same way that like Lord of the Rings, equally a, an epic trilogy. The Return of the King is the one that I seem to struggle with most just because it has so much to do. And so, yeah, it's, it's like it, it's trying to thread a lot of things and then knock them off at the end. And I think Return sort of has the same thing, but there are still moments in Return which are just really, really powerful. Like, and the scene where Luke like, burns Vader, Anakin's body, that's huge. Like, Anytime that scene plays, you're just like, oh my God. Um, I'm trying
0: to think about Return, and the, the middle of it, because I know, for me, I've got a lot more, there's a lot more that happens at the beginning and at the end of yep. that film. Like, there isn't a huge amount that goes on in the middle other than trying to get from A to B. Empire seems to have consistent beats throughout the whole thing. Yeah. A New Hope has calm at the beginning, and then a lot of stuff goes on stuff at the end. Yeah. And that's the thing with written where if I had a more, a bigger middle, I would probably, maybe, would have enjoyed it as much as Empire. Yeah. It seems to just not have much going on there. There is a lot going on there, but nothing that stands out, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. And then I saw somebody on social media the other day who, Tweeted out, or might been on Instagram, can't remember. It was on a social media. Who showed the image of when Luke, Han, and Leia around the campfire, and three POs telling the story of A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back to the Ewoks. And I saw somebody had said in it that it's it's like such a monumental moment for these three characters because it's it's sort of them realizing the journey they've been on, like seeing it told from somebody's eyes. It's sort of creates this sense of them understanding just what they've been and done and what they're going to do. And I've never thought about it in that context. I've kind of thought, Oh, you know, in that, in that moment what the character's thinking, because you're so focused on just the Ewoks and M3PO, but it, there is a subtlety to it. And so I always think with Return, it's more, it's not as, as kind of upfront, deep, honest approach as Empire. But I think it's a more subtle, you have to kind of think about the moments kind of film. Yeah, I, I think, it's, a, I think it's, it's clever, but it, it does struggle from the fact that it's, it's that last closing film. And so you, you have to appreciate different things about it, I think.
0: Do you find yourself finding different things every time? I think you've already touched upon it. But every time you watch the original trilogy, do you find new things that you like or some things that you don't like? Yeah, like, I think do that with any film that you watch, but with it being such a huge trilogy, I think it's easy to poke holes in things or appreciate things more the more times you watch it. And again, it's definitely one of those films, just what you said about C-3PO scene, is that someone may say something about a scene and then you, when you watch it again, you think, oh, all right, okay, that's, I didn't notice that. And it's it makes a huge heap of difference with something like Star Wars.
1: Yeah, there's definitely loads of things that I keep spotting. I think especially with... You know, We'll talk about this in depth when we get to the Disney podcast, but the way that certain things with Disney have harkened back to the original trilogy. They've just done things where you... its Again, it's really subtle, but they're just really nice moments like in Mandalorian there's the bit where they go to the cantina in Moss Eisley, and it's yes. a droid serving the drinks behind the bar. And... Then, when you watch A New Hope, the bartender in New Hope is like, "We don't serve your kind here to droids." And so, there's this nice, subtle progression of, "Oh, of
0: course, thing- no smart."
1: Yeah, it's like there are things that have changed in Star Wars, and this is this is one of those things.
0: And this so- is the way. Exactly. I
1: think that's the the thing with going back and watching them is that because we've we've got you know this this new these new stories telling at the moment it gives a certain new light to the original trilogy in terms of just how you experience them because you kind of spot things and go oh my god they've
0: they pay attention to that way later on like that little thing there means so much there's one like smart, isn't it? We're, we're doing a prequel trilogy and the news the new trilogy and you've got the original because like you said number four is the, the start of the point isn't it and it's mm-hmm. like most people but I guess a lot of people will now start with episode one and they tend to watch in, in sequence chronicle. order. Yeah. But you, yeah, chronicle, of course, sequence <laughs> order. <And you're> like, <laughs> blame on the, blame on the card. Um, but you always will come back to the original trilogy, won't you? Because that's, yeah. Yeah, that's the center to everything. The yeah. lore and everything going on. So if you're going to sit down and say, oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to watch all the Star Wars, you'll definitely see the original trilogy again. Because there's some, some people may skip things that like you might skip so low or, I don't know why you would ever skip Rogue One but you could skip Rogue One and things like that but you know you can start with you could skip Phantom Menace if you as most people might do but yeah. you, you won't skip any of the original trilogy would you because it's no, too it, important yeah
1: it, it is very much at the centre of everything like to the point where I'm pretty sure that the universe in terms of dates is built around A New Hope because isn't everything in the Star Wars universe referred yeah. to as like uh, before about Levy Yavin, I think yeah. Yeah, it so is. Right. when you've got the the centre of your universe based around that I, I think they're, the, they're, they're films you can't skip but yeah I, I definitely think going back and watching them you you do see them in a
0: different light and I also think just as you age you see different yeah, things that's true as well I think that stands um, true from my point of view like I said younger me didn't appreciate it at all I grew more into it and then when I watched it a couple, two, three years ago, two years ago. When was Rise of, the Skywalker, Rise of the Skywalker? Last year?
1: Yeah, I think it was last year. Yes,
0: yeah, so a couple of years ago, then I watched it. and I Like I said, it was probably the most I've enjoyed it since I've, I've ever seen it. So one question I was going to ask, which is just an obvious one, but who's your favourite of the original three? Who's your favourite character?
1: I mean, it's probably Han, I think. Yeah. I think because Han has like a... A trajectory that is—it's not necessarily predictable. With Luke, you've sort of you—you know—he's the the central hero. He's going to go from farm boy to to Jedi Knight, and with Leia, she's already a princess. So you kind of just get the impression that you know she'll continue that arc and she'll be the the kind of voice of reason. Whereas Han starts off as, you know, a smuggler and I'm out just for the gold and that kind of thing. And then it it becomes this thing about him fitting in, like him fitting in with the Rebel Alliance and, and his relationship with Leia and his relationship with Luke. And I think that's a really nice character arc. So when you get to Return of the Jedi and he's sort of squarely planted in the middle of, the Rebel Alliance and you know planning things it, it's nice to see that yeah how about you?
0: yeah same Han is my favourite character even I really I mean I'm glad he carried on into the new trilogy as well because yep. I think he's he's just such a cool character as well Yeah. I think again if I'd seen it when I was a bit more interested I think that's probably I would have got into those toys because of something like Han and Chewie mm-hmm. but obviously I didn't appreciate it enough by then but when I've watched it recently, i really, he's he's definitely the standout character for me. Yeah. Yeah. My voice. Me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think he's just, he's really, he's really fleshed out as a character. And again, he's, he's one of those characters that I think from watching it straight away, you sort of like, and then as you get older, you see different things in him. And, you know, there's an unpredictability to him, which I think is always a, uh, a thing that people like in characters where you sort of you don't necessarily know what their motives are I, I think that's always nice but yeah he's and just then, a cool
0: character like his the Millennium Falcon and Chewy, and yeah. his lines and his yeah. demeanour and everything is just uh, pretty cool like his costumes in it
1: yeah and I, I think as well a big part of that is I think Harrison Ford had a huge hand in crafting that character um, yeah like the the famous i love you i know scene all came from him like when i was watching that documentary they say you know they recorded the what was on the page several times and it just never landed at harrison ford would kind of felt you know it's not that's not Han. what's in the script it doesn't feel right for the character and so then the director was just sort of said you know go with it do do what you feel right is right in that moment. they hit action and they went through it and he just replied, "I know and it you know the director was kind of like, "That's it. that was amazing that's everything and it's become now this huge yes. yeah. scene, but I think yeah it's it's the care of that that character and I think that's something that I think all of them all of that call call three people. The, the three actors have with their characters. I think there is a real care for how their character is represented. You know, I, when we get into the Disney, there's a lot to say about Mark Hamill and how he kind of envisions Luke. And I think also just in terms of the, the trajectory for Leia, I think it's been characters that they've lived with so long that those three films were kind of their the swan song to kind of say with finality, like, this is who my character is. When you were studying film and you said you sort of went back to Star Wars were were there things that you noticed about modern day filming that Star Wars had influenced did you kind of see
0: Star Wars represented in other films yeah I guess I did I didn't, I didn't really think about it that much with, with Star Wars like I said it, it was I enjoyed it a lot more at university but I wasn't that it must have done really I can't think of an example though really but I don't know I don't know Nick I don't have an answer it's terrible <laughs> just uh, oh, know then, is my answer. That's, I didn't one of, really know.
1: that's one of the things that watching this documentary last night that I, I really picked up on that I think I'm, I'm subtly aware of is just the impact that Star Wars has had on, on film. And you kind of see it that from filming with miniatures and crafting those kind of sets to the way that they used visual effects or sound or whatever i think you then can see that replicated in other films like you know so
0: many yeah, directors I mean, yeah it laid the groundwork didn't it in that respect like for big action trilogies and like you said the way they use the black drops and miniatures and things but i'm trying to think of an example of a film that i would have thought yes star wars star wars made that happen yeah i i, I'm trying I, I, to I think, think of i would have seen I, think I mean, there was, there's, no, like, there's no good films, obviously, but I'm trying to think of a specific example where I thought, thanks, Star Wars. Yeah,
1: because I always wondered with, again, referencing Lord of the Rings, so much of that was done with miniatures that I always yeah. wondered whether there was an influence there. I mean, there could be, I haven't studied it enough to to know whether Peter Jackson has cited that as something, but, but you've got to think that they created a, a sense with miniatures that, will just be everlasting because I think when you look at certain films which are new CGI, like uh, the second Matrix film,
0: yeah.
1: it looks pretty poor these days because it was still new technology. Whereas when you watch something with miniatures, like when you watch the original Lord of the Rings or the original Star Wars,
0: it still looks clean. Like it still looks correct. Well, I think, I think Lord of the Rings probably, you got to think that someone like Peter Jackson probably took Influence from Star Wars. But then when you look at Lord of the Rings now, there are going to be people taking influence from Lord of the Rings, isn't there? Because yeah. the way they shot things and everything from obviously Hobbit size compared to the Outsize, they probably did stuff with CGI that hadn't been done before that they use as a blueprint going forward now. And it's the same with the Marvel films. The way they've done things and the way they use green screens and stuff will be used for the next the next batch of superhero films will use that as a blueprint. But it's yes, probably Star Wars is the one that, Is like the the main place you would go to say they put they put that stuff on the map effectively.
1: Yeah, because I know there are so many directors out there who kind of cite Star Wars as being their their kind of entrance to filmmaking. That it was just seeing that film inspired them and gave them the imagination to go and explore Mm -hmm. to create their own their own films. And so I think there is a legacy to Star Wars in terms of just how many films and how many directors are
0: influenced by it
1: even subtly jj
0: abrams. abrams is a big I mean, obviously yeah. he did, he directed two of the three new ones probably would have done all three if if it was i don't know what happened with the second one but but he obviously he's been super influenced by star wars with you say like things like super eight and everything like that like yeah. it's i remember most interviews with him he's always like oh, i was always a huge fan of star wars and Everyone, everyone says it don't they you yeah. can't see anything without Simon Pegg without saying like oh it's, that horse. Like, yeah. uh, it's, it's a horse. horse so it's a huge impact on so many directors and writers and yeah. things like that
1: and then one of the other things that I was thinking of because this sort of doesn't go into the, the Disney territory but did you ever did you ever at any point approach Star Wars from comics or books did you sort of look at what they were doing with those mediums or were you...
0: Yeah, I've read I've read a lot of Star Wars comics. Okay, I've read. I mean, there's a Vader series which is fantastic, which yeah. is written by Gary Gillen. Um, yeah. which is a really good series. I read a lot of the main Star Wars run that's out now, which is like, I think it might have ended on volume 13, which is great. So, comics, yes. Books, yeah. I've not touched, and the reason is there's so fucking much. Yes, yeah. so much. I know, I know people who read every book and they're like you've Got to read this book and it enhances, and that's one thing that you said earlier. I can't get too excited because my voice will go. <laughs> but there's so much like with the pop culture stuff, the books, the figures, and everything like that. Everything in books and the comics is either canon or it enhances the original trilogy, or it's a little small back door into like a new hope, or it's like, yeah. this was happening during a during when the Death Star was blowing up, this was happening over here. And it's, it's just massive, isn't it? Like, the book's yeah. crazy. Can't it, I, I, I can't believe Oh, I can't get started on it. There's no... Uh, yeah. We it's, know we're catching up.
1: It's crazy because... I think because Star Wars has had... Like, arguably, since Disney had bought it, this has been the longest run of, of Star Wars material in terms of... Like live action stuff and it just being around because you've got to think like they did, you know, four, five, six, and then there's a gap of what was it like 10 14 years I think between Return of Yes, something like that. And so, in that time, I'm pretty sure they started expanding the universe with like certain books or comic books. Was because I think Dark Horse had the license for a little while
0: because that's what I, was, I read it. Not, I mean, the ones said at the beginning were very new Marvel comics, but. I read a lot of the older stuff as well. When I started at the comic shop I work at now, one of the guys who were there, he had he kept loads, loads, and loads of the older comics, shelves and shelves of the Dark Horse comics. And I yep. swear so there was another publisher as well before Dark Horse, but I, I, think read some a, of those. I think
1: it was with Marvel as well at one point. I'm pretty sure I've got like an
0: ancient. I think it's switched like, between. But I'm pretty. I think there's another publisher as well. I'm pretty sure. Crazy. But we had a lot of it in, and I remember reading some like of that, but. It was odd volumes here and there, and a lot of it was just some of it was just uh, the original trilogy in comic form. Some of it was just a couple of side stories. Um, was not as in depth as the ones are now because they're, they're they've got so much material now. They can just go back and they have got the green light to kind of run with it, thanks to Disney. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I read some. A lot of it's really good, and I again I probably appreciate because I was reading a lot of it at university. Some of the oldest was comics anyway, and. I think that made me like it a bit more. Yeah, I would like. There's so many people that say about the books, and that I know, especially with the new trilogy, there's a lot of tease between like Ray's character and stuff in the books. And if you read it, you would you'd be going into Rise of the Skywalker with even more information. But there's there's loads. I mean, you look at yeah. the Mandalorian now, and they're teasing like, uh, "What's the villain?" He's from the animated series, the from. Rawns, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, for yeah. He's got like several books out now.
1: So, yeah yeah like Thrawn was one of those characters that growing up i think i like i definitely had a figure of him yeah and i was sort of aware of him because i think he was in a couple of the novels i remember my brother had some of the novels that kind of went around because that was the thing again in between i guess return of the jedi and phantom menace they were releasing novels that sort of continued the story of luke Han and leia and yeah you know if you wanted to see where they were going it was all in these these novels and stuff so
0: like Darth that... Maul, yeah. he's got shit loads yeah stuff. even now he's still got a comic series because like just... he was only in this one bit of the film yeah there's and... so much more to that character and
1: yeah it, it was crazy it was definitely like there was just so much to it and you know again when they got to disney disney sort of separated what had come pre-disney and what comes after and the the their pre-disney stuff is considered i think like the expanded universe now which is it's just not canon it's just sort of like it was what before and and i think that just in some ways it creates an even bigger scope for what star wars does in terms of Its legacy that you can take the characters that existed in the expanded universe, create whole new stories with them that are now canon for the Disney universe. That I just, it like you said, it's never ending, but just it's a wealth of content, and all of it sprung just from these original trilogy. Like you know, to to have all of that, yeah,
0: original trilogy and everything that first a new hope did with those characters and what Empire built up majorly and. Return obviously emphasized it all as well, is that still now, all these years later, there's more there'll be there'll be more films, obviously. There'll be another trilogy in our lifetime, definitely, maybe two. There's gonna be more TV shows, obviously there's gonna be an Obi-Wan TV show and there'll be more books and comics and it's just not it's just not gonna go. It's not gonna end, is it? No. Not in a bad way, in a positive way, because these characters are huge, aren't they? And there's just so much uh, so much good groundwork was made. Yeah. And, then, and it's just people can just build on it. And I think a lot of people get annoyed by some choices and some people don't like some stuff. Some people do. Some people think Luke Skywalker's been ruined in the new stuff. But at the end of the day, it's all, it's all enjoyable, isn't it? It's pretty amazing that it can stand up for that long and just still be such a big deal for so many people.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I think part of that is, you know, watching that. That documentary back, you kind of see that Star Wars is built off of this sense that it's it's like a sci-fi hybrid. In that you've got westerns in there, you've got kind of samurai, Ronin, Japan culture with it, and then you've got this big sci-fi galaxy.
0: And you've got romance. It's got everything, hasn't it? Romance yeah. as well, yeah. comedy thrown on top.
1: It's it. It just I think it enables any kind of creator. To go into that world and they can pitch a tent and create something that's really unique to it
0: because it allows you, for it what you just said then about thinking about films where they've been influenced by star wars but that's it isn't it that's what star wars did so well is that they had the western and the sci-fi and the romance and the comedy i mean the marvel films are very in that respect they've they've honed in on that stuff haven't they What was yeah. successful was something like star wars and they've run with it because. They try and mix in a different, all of the elements. There's doesn't matter if it's like some of the worst stuff going on in these Marvel films. There's always a little bit of comedy as well. And that's the same in the Star Wars stuff. It's the serious stuff. But you're not going to be sitting through a whole film that's completely serious because there's going to be light bits of comedy and there's going to be, there's going to be a bit of something for everyone. Yeah. And that's probably what I didn't find that because my family didn't watch that much. Which isn't their fault. I don't blame any of them. Um, but, I, th- I think if I if we had all watched it together, we would have all enjoyed it because there's something for everyone in it as well.
1: Yeah, and that's that was something that hit me a little bit watching that documentary as well, where they they're talking about Empire, which is obviously probably the most dark and serious out of out of the you know original trilogy. But the director sort of said that it was this conscious decision where they're telling a middle act, they're telling a story that's definitely darker in nature it's more character driven they can't have gags but they can have humor yeah. and i thought it was interesting that's an interesting sense of phrase in that i think that is that is star wars in the you know when we do talk about disney the my biggest gripe with disney is that they use gags rather than humor yeah but it's, there is a clear de- definition between the two and i, I think star wars doing that sort of takes you out of the world
0: because you're not I think you're right in that aspect because in the original trilogy there's I don't think they set out the intention wasn't like oh that's not going to make people laugh that line isn't going to make someone in the cinema laugh whereas a Harrison Ford line that just fell naturally as being a bit of humour would make you smile and make you think like oh it's a bit of a respite in this part but in the Disney ones they're actively thinking like that's not That's not going to be funny enough, or or it's not going to make people laugh because it doesn't doesn't land There's a lot of that between Poe and Finn. Yeah. That dynamic where it's like a buddy-buddy film, but it's not, it could have been done differently. Yeah. Yeah. I went over what you were saying then.
1: No, it's right. You're definitely right there that I think there was a conscious decision going into that Disney kind of stuff to, you know, like you see it in Marvel, but the difference with Marvel is that they.
0: Everything a little offs.
1: Yeah, and they, and they also weren't built off of an original trilogy. Like they're just adapting from comic books. Whereas Star Wars, there is this, this groundwork that sort of you have to adhere to. And I think when you go off the rails with it a little bit, it pulls you out of that universe. Like the humor in, in Star Wars, I always want it to be this the humor that matches Star Wars. Whereas a gag matches like real world it matches like the real life and it doesn't fit into the what is star wars and so i i, I think that is a, a really interesting thing when i was watching that documentary last night that they they were aware of it that they were like you know star wars is a very specific thing to to exist in
0: i think i'm gonna have to watch this documentary
1: it is, it's really good it's really Hold long it. but it just it goes through everything and you you again you you appreciate the the technological advancements that they kind of made with it. And it's kind of like we were saying last week with, with Zach in terms of how he makes a film, how everybody on board with his, his films have this passion and this drive to make the best film possible. You get the sense that the original trilogy was very much that, you know, it was the same cast, the same crew and fair enough, the director changed, but the heart of it was always the same because it always came from George Lucas and everybody was trying to just create some new thing which could work whether that's a prop or a robot or whatever and i just I, I think that's probably why star wars falls into the hearts of a lot of people because you can tell it comes from people who are just extremely passionate about creating all of this stuff
0: so that's it for this podcast where we spoke about the original star wars trilogy we hope you all enjoyed it if you do like our consistently okay podcast please subscribe on wherever you listen to podcasts and. Share, share the word. Tell everyone about us. The next podcast we're going to do is going to be all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU. We're going to talk about from Iron Man all the way to Spider-Man Far From Home. Yep. That was the last one, right? Yep. So that's where we'll go next. And we're looking forward to it and talking about all the films. So I will see you then, Nick. And I hope everyone tunes in for that one.
1: See you then, dude. Cheers. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.